Welcome everyone to the Berkeley Center for Law and Technology's Career and Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Stacy, the Executive Director for BCLT. And today we're talking about careers in trademark and copyright law. So often when people talk about IP, they immediately gravitate toward patents. Uh, trademark, copyrights, uh, brand protection, content protection are incredibly important areas of the law. And they just don't often get the attention that they, they deserve. And to talk about these important areas of the law today, uh, we have two experienced attorneys from Kilpatrick, Townsend, and Stockton joining us. Uh, we have Dennis Wilson. Dennis is a partner at Kilpatrick and Townsend. And we have Olivia Poppins, who is a Berkeley alumni. So uh, welcome to, to both of you. Thank you Thanks, so much nice for to be having us. So Dennis, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, maybe the, the best way to explain what a path in brand protection, content protection looks like is to tell us what your typical day looks like. What kind of cases do you handle? So I think it goes back to understanding the area of the law a little bit. Copyright law, for example, protects artist expressions. And so the idea is that if you create a song or a video or a book um, that we want to encourage that kind of creative output. And so we give those artists the chance to control how that um, content is distributed. Um, and so you want to, as a society, um, protect those artist rights. And then at the same time, uh, most of the people listening want to be able to take a clip of the TV show they were watching and text it to their friend or post it online and they don't want to pay for it and they want immediate access to everything. And so we have this, this constant balancing of artist rights and users' rights. Um, and we see that play out all the time in our clients' work. So we look at a, a filter that's going to be pushed out um, and developed for a social media platform. And we think about the balancing of, does this infringe anyone else's rights or does it um, parody anyone? And is that okay from a First Amendment protection kind of uh, standpoint? Daily process that we go through is looking at the underlying rights that may be implicated by a new product or service that's being offered um, or a new name or title of a, of a product or movie um, and trying to decide whether or not it's fair to use it or whether it impinges the rights of others. Um, and so it's a constant balancing and that could be just in uh, advice and counseling and giving people a gut check um, on whether or not something should go through or it could be a full kind of litigation analysis and sometimes that those are the kinds of disputes that um, we end up litigating, but at their core, it can be, you know, five minute phone calls to years long litigation, but it all kind of comes down to the same thing. Well, Dennis, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, that point that uh, in, in your practice, you end up doing counseling uh, and a fair amount of counseling in addition to, to litigation where some people may think litigators are just litigators. They're there once the fight has started. Uh, part of what you're doing is preventing the fight from ever starting. It's a huge part of it is both um, analyzing whether or not some new product or service or name that my client is considering would create a dispute um, and what that dispute would look like and whether they would eventually win or not. Um, even if it becomes a dispute. And also on the other side, looking at what other people are doing around the world 
and deciding whether or not that's worth objecting to um, and how that's going to impact our rights. Um, so pre-litigation discussions go on all the time, and then they often go on with the between the parties, right? So there's a lot of discussion before the litigation happens about whether or not there's a way to coexist or there was a way to rebrand or what can be done in the marketplace short of having to fight it out in court. Well, Olivia, you're on the, the newer end of, of this practice. Tell me what your day-to-day -day workload looks like. Every day is different. And I think that's what I like so much about this job is I'll have an email from Dennis one morning that says, hey, can you figure out if the bouncing ball on karaoke that goes over each word when you sing is copyrightable? Or I'll have, hey, you know, we have this app that's potentially infringing our mark of one of our clients in Turkey. Can you get on the phone with counsel and figure out if, uh, if there's anything we can do? Should we submit a takedown? What can we do? So it just really varies on a day to day. And some of it's a little bit more, you know, I'm doing it every day. It's, it's, uh, I'm on certain teams and we're working with the same clients. So it's a little bit more repetitive, but for the most part, it's, it's something new and it's been so, so interesting to uh, kind of fly by the seat of my pants in that way. Well, I'm going to build on a, something you said there about the, you're on teams. So I think that's a, an interesting thing for, for people newer to the profession to, to hear about that you don't go into your office and shut the door and stay alone all day. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe in some practices, but not, not, not this one. So tell me about what the teams look like and, and how you see them structured. Yeah, so this is definitely a very team-oriented practice. Um, so we have huge clients that have massive portfolios, right? And so you have people that are filing trademarks on certain teams. You have people that are enforcing against use of their trademarks by bad actors. And you also have people that are enforcing on you know, the trademarks registry. So you have these massive teams that are doing all of these different things. And so when I started at Kilpatrick, Dennis came into my office on the first day and said, hey, you're on this team and this team, you know, get going. We've got these people working with you and, and uh, they're ready to, to show you the ropes. And so, you know, you kind of get to build your practice within those teams. Um, for example, I do registry enforcement for a few of my clients. So I, a mark comes in that's, you know, using a component of one of our clients' marks and on the registry. And we look at that, we send demand letters, we work with foreign counsel if it's in a different country. Um, and, and do that. And so that's kind of the work I'm doing on a more standardized basis. Um, it's not those one-off things. Um, and it's really, it's fascinating. I feel like I've grown so much in the last three years getting to do that work more frequently. Um, and it's, it's also great just to work on a team and not just shut my, shut my door in the morning, as you say, and, and collaborate. I had a, just to jump in there, I, I had a client who was at a startup company that did very well and is a well-known company now. And he was able to retire early and move to France and raise his daughter in Paris. And it sounded kind of idyllic. And I asked him after a couple of years, how it's going, how does he like being early retired? And he said, it's great. Um, but the one thing he really misses is being in a room of smart people solving problems. And that really resonates with me. It's nice to be part of these groups of lawyers who can figure out a new technology and apply the slightly behind law to the situation and kind of predict what the right outcome would be and give good advice to the client and being around smart people at all levels of experience who can all give their input is really a 
a, a great way to practice. Well, between the two of you, I've heard you talk about large clients with huge portfolios and now, now startups. Uh, it seems that the size of your clients varies a lot in this practice. Absolutely. It can, it can for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, everyone's got a company name, so everyone needs a trademark. Um, and lots of people have some amount of IP that they want to protect, non-patent IP. Um, and there are often conflicts because I, I, I forget what the statistic is exactly, but there's something like three times more apps in the app store than there are words in the English language. So there are going to be conflicts and having some um, guidance on how to, how to navigate that is universal no matter what your size. And you find in, in, even in big law, you're representing companies of all sizes. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Smaller companies are actually really, really interesting to work on because obviously you're going to have a leaner team. Um, and so I've found as an associate, I really like working on those smaller clients. It ends up being just the associate and the partner and you get to learn a lot more. Um, you're doing a lot more on your own. And so some of those smaller clients end up being really, really interesting and sometimes very challenging as well. So, so Dennis, this is kind of a question for you in terms of how you build out your teams and what you're looking for in especially junior attorneys to that would end up working on your teams. I think that kind of goes back to recruiting and to um, what we're looking at um, when we're meeting people from law schools. Um, at the time, you do on-campus interviewing. Um, no one's had a soft IP class. No one's had a trademark or copyright class because they haven't had any electives yet. And so it's hard to find the people who are going to be interested in specializing in this area at the time we're hiring them right out of law school. And because we have a big trademark and copyright team, it's 120 lawyers, um, and we do nothing but the soft IP area, once you're part of the firm, you learn really quickly. So our third year here is really experienced compared to someone who has an occasional trademark case or one issue come up every once in a while at a, at a firm that doesn't specialize so much. So there's a little window of uh, time when you can come and learn and not be way behind. Um, and so trying to find people who have the right interests who are going to fit in with this practice is really part of the trick. Um, it's identifying people who like language and are interested in the arts and um, understand psychology or PR or communications. Um, it's a lot of those types of people um, that have those interests and, and like pop culture. They like social media and they like entertainment and, um, and fashion. And if those are some of your interests um, and you want to do work for the leading companies in those areas, this is really an area that fits with you and that'll lead to success as a young associate because you like the clients you're working for. Olivia, I was gonna leave you with one of the, the last questions here. Um, let you guide the, the students Dennis was talking about. Um, if I'm a student that's just beginning to investigate this, uh, you know, what questions should I be asking during interviews or during career fairs or asking my colleagues that maybe did a summer uh, last year? That's a, a very good question. I think understanding what 
the trademark and copyright practice looks like at a firm. Many firms are litigation transactional. And if you go into litigation, you're doing general litigation or you're doing you know, patent litigation, which requires a little bit more specialization, I'd say. But when you're doing general litigation, you're not getting that straight trademark and copyright experience. Um, there are a few firms other than ours that do. You can go into a trademark and copyright group and really specialize, but it's, it's more rare. And so I think if that's something you're really interested in, making sure at the outset that the firms you're looking at have those groups and you can be dedicated to those groups is really important. I have friends from, from law school that went to firms with one anticipation of what they were going to do and didn't end up getting to do that. So I think it's just really important for all, if you, even if you don't want to do trademark and copyright, to figure out ahead of time, you know, what you want and if that firm is offering, offering those things. Um, and beyond that, I think just knowing if you want to do transactional or litigation is something to start thinking about as a first year. But at the end of the day, you can kind of do both at certain firms. Um, so that's where I'd, I'd start as, as a first year. I knew I wanted to do trademark and copyright, so it was a little bit easier for me coming in. And I got really lucky as a 1L and found Kilpatrick Townsend and summered both summers and didn't, didn't do the on-campus interviewing thing. So it was a little bit of a different situation for me. But, um, but I think those are the questions I would have, be, would have been asking otherwise. Dennis, any, any advice for the, the students that are curious? I've had people in the past reach out to junior lawyers at our firm, just uh, emails from students. I see that you're in this practice area and I'm interested. I wonder if we could get coffee or jump on a Zoom um, and I could hear a little bit about it. And lawyers are um, love to talk about their practice and love to talk about themselves and love to <laughs> share and mentor um, law students and don't always get the chance to do it. So. I've seen that be a really effective way to learn about a practice. Um, and I've, I've done it a ton myself um, and I'm happy to take those kinds of calls. And I think a lot of people are. Um, so you can reach out directly if there's someone that is doing something that you think is interesting and you might wanna pursue, you can probably get a good response. Well, I wanna thank you both for your time. Like I said at the beginning, this is an area that doesn't get the attention it deserves. And I hope we can help raise the profile and get more students to thinking about it. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you.